This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. What is going on, Christ, Culture, and Coffee people? Glad to be back this week with another installment. Yes, we are super excited to talk to you guys today because um, this one, it's a bit more of a, uh, a serious uh, topic about stuff that's happening uh, in people's lives today that we want to touch base with. It mm-hmm. is on mourning death with resurrection hope. That is the idea of the episode today. We're just going to be talking about how uh, a death happens, right? It happens to all of us. Uh, every, we're all slowly dying. Eventually, mm-hmm. we all have to face that. Um, but there's hope, right, in the resurrection, and that is what we are going to be diving into today. Yeah, but before we get into that, we want to give you another coffee tip. Yes. So uh, the coffee tip for today is interesting. There's this trend on TikTok. I didn't discover this because I'm not a talker. I'm not either. I don't know. I'm not a ticker, a TikToker. I don't know. I'm so old. I don't know these cool things anymore. Um, but yeah, so anyways, on TikTok, supposedly there is this, uh, trend happening. Hashtag profi P R O F F E E. And so what this is, is there's all these recipes with this hashtag. If you want to learn more about it, just type in hashtag profi. And, uh, it's basically the idea of taking your protein powder that you make a protein shake from, and instead of using water or milk or almond milk or whatever, you use coffee to make your protein shake. Mm. So the idea is you're getting like this caffeine boost with your protein shake in the morning. So a lot of people are using it like before they go to the gym, right? They'll take, they'll drink a protein shake, but they're putting coffee in it. So now they have extra caffeine, which helps them work out. We've, we've talked about that as a coffee tip before. And so, yeah, this is like a huge thing right now happening. And uh, I've read some nutritionists on this and they say it's actually very effective. Okay. Like it's yeah. not a it's not a stupid idea. It's a really good idea because if you think about like these pre energy workout drinks, all they are is caffeine and ginseng. That's true. So yeah. they're like, why don't you save a little bit of money and just use coffee with protein, and and you'll be good to go for your workout. So it's yeah. kind of a cool idea, right? Profi. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's not a complex, but I've never seen people do it before. Yeah, if you try it, uh, let us know and tell us how it went because uh, I'm curious. I want to know a little more about yeah. that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I thought I thought that was cool. Hashtag Profi. And I do want to give a shout out to our friend Dan who sent me the link to this story so that we could use it as a coffee tip. So that's Dan, cool. thanks so much for sending that out, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, all right. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay, so on to the content for today. Uh, So again, today we wanted to discuss uh, a little bit of um, why resurrection apologetics are important in the Christian life, because uh, we specifically want to talk about how there's value on having hope in the resurrection, like knowing it, that knowing that hope, right? Uh, Having assurance in that. Because when you experience someone close to you being extremely sick or dying, that can be a massive comfort piece Mm -hmm. to know the truth that there is hope, there is a resurrection, and... That's something that we as Christians can can look forward to. Yeah, yeah, it's really important. And obviously with this last year, it's just been crazy. Of course. With death. I mean, all of us know people who've died this last year from the, from the virus, from other things. All of us are going to experience death 
throughout our entire life. Of course we are. I remember are. Yeah. my mentor, Clay Jones, he used to say, the only thing that's going to prevent you from watching everyone you love and care about die from death, disease, or accident mm-hmm. is you dying from death, disease, or accident. Yeah. It's just a bleak outlook, but it's true. Yeah. It's and so true. how in the midst of that reality do we not ignore it but find hope in it? And that's what we want to talk of about course. today. Yeah, and so... Uh, I want to just read some scripture for you guys to start this off. Uh, We want to talk about this is the utmost importance of the resurrection, right? This is where we get that idea of why it's so important. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. Now, Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead. How do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Our faith also is in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise. If in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is worthless you are still in your sins, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Mm. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. This is a phenomenal passage, right? I yeah, love really First is. Corinthians 15 is just, first of all, it's a huge, it's a huge chapter. It's 50 some verses long. Mm-hmm. But um, this idea that Paul is really pressing in with the Corinthians is how could you say that the dead are not raised? Yeah. Because everything about Christianity hinges on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. That's it. If that if that didn't happen, the whole thing is a sham. The whole thing is worthless. Yeah. The whole thing is trash, and all of us are idiots, right? I mean, he, he kind of goes through this, and he talks about it. <clears throat> Verses 12 through 15, he says, If Christ hasn't been raised, then all of the apostles preaching, their witnessing, and their faith are in vain. Mm-hmm. Ungrounded. Yeah. There's no point to the teachings, to the writings of the apostles. Right. <clears throat> um, he says in verse 17, if Christ has not been raised, then faith is futile. Mm. Because having faith in, in uh, something that didn't happen in reality, that's called a myth. It is. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. And so it's futile. You're placing your faith in a good story, not in an actual event that happened in history. Uh, verse 18, he says, if Christ has not been raised, those who died, he says asleep, right? But that's the right. euphemism for those who yeah. died. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ. He's meaning those who have died believing in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He basically says they're lost. They're not in heaven. Yeah. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, they, they've died and, and that their, their life was in vain. They're lost. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, verse 19, he says, if Christ has not been raised then we Christians are of all people the most Mm. pitiable, the most miserable, right? The sad sacks of (laughs) the earth yeah. because we're following and devoting our lives to this thing based on this event of the resurrection that if it didn't happen, we are all gigantically wasting our time and energy and effort, right? Yeah. Sunday morning is a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Reading your Bible is a waste of time. Uh, Because even if it makes you feel good, it's not true. So you're using a lie to make you feel good about life. Yeah, yeah. If this event didn't happen, Paul says the whole thing is a sham. However, verse 20, if Christ has indeed been raised from the dead... He's the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep, those who've died. Yeah. He, he's saying that we have a hope in Jesus because 
Not only do we see people around us that we love die and get buried in the ground or cremated, but we know that they'll rise from the dead because we've already seen an example of it in Jesus. Yes. God's already proven it's possible to do. And so the resurrection is the doctrine that Christianity uh, is is built on the cornerstone it, is Jesus came back from the dead, yeah. which which what it does is it validates his message and his ministry. It absolutely does because of that. That makes Christianity unique compared to all other religions. That's yes. that's what it is because you you look at all other religions, right? Uh, um, Joseph Smith in Mormonism, he's yeah. he's dead. Uh, Muhammad, he's dead, right? Uh, you go down the list, like like all of these different ideas does not have this idea of a, like a savior who is resurrected, who mm-hmm. is, who lived. And, and this is a great passage that we just covered because, uh, this is honestly the crux of everything in Christianity. It's the, it it's the focal point in apologetics. It's what we need to focus on because if the resurrection did not occur, then like Paul said, we are of all men most to be pitied. So yep. it's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we focus our hope on and everything on and yep. everything hinges on that. Uh, and so, like, if you keep going down the list, you see, like, if Jesus is not the son of God, then that's another factor, right? Like, Well, think about it, though. How do we know he's the son of God? Because he rose he again. rose from the dead. Exactly. Yeah. I could say I'm the son of God. I could say I'm Jesus incarnate. Yeah. I, Tyler, I don't know this. I'm just asking this honestly. Have yeah, you ever sure. been, like, in downtown LA or in Las yeah. Vegas or something, and some dude's running around claiming to be Jesus? <laughs> Not actually. Okay. Have you? I, yeah, I've seen I would, people yeah. who that claim to be Jesus. Me. I, claim, I, I, yeah, yeah, it happens, right? Like <laughs> it's not an uncommon thing. Well, how do I know they're not Jesus? Did they? Did they rise from? Did the they do anything yeah. to validate? But they like, no, anything? seriously. Like I need yeah, a little yeah, proof, yeah, right, right? Right. And and this guy doesn't even have uh, uh you know pants on I mean, or whatever, and he's claiming to be Jesus. Like I, you know, maybe maybe doubtful. Jesus, uh, you know, completely scrapped the idea of coming, you know, from the east on the uh, the horse, you yeah, know, and all that. Came maybe, from East maybe LA. Yeah, East <laughs> LA. There you go. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's his idea. And you know, this this oh, uh, this tattoo on his thigh is, you know, just he's living on the streets. That's what it is. You know, yeah, that's I don't, that's I don't what know he came about back. That. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. So, so yeah. the way we know Jesus is the Son of God, not just because he said it. Anybody could say that. Anybody can make the claim. Of course, yeah. We believe he actually was because he did something that only God could do, which validates the statement, "I am the Son of God." Of course, right? Of course, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if he's not, Christianity's a sham. Yeah, it absolutely is, yep. and, and that's kind of the the mentality that we're getting at here. It's that. Um, like, like the importance of Jesus dying for our sins uh, and being raised from the dead, if none of that happened, then Christianity falls apart. Well, and even think about it like this. How do we yeah. know he died for our sins? Yeah, well... But he said he was going to do it. Yeah, because he said it, and then he demonstrated... Hey, uh, the, the, the thing that we want to get across with you guys is that the resurrection is the evidence. And, mm-hmm. and what we mean by that is it's... It, think about it. Think about this realistically. This is going to sound super... Silly, maybe at first in elementary, but bear with me here. Obviously, people don't rise from the dead, right? You you don't know anyone else who's risen from the dead in your lifetime, no, right? I've never no. seen that happen. I don't think it's a common thing. It's not a common thing, yeah, it's right? It's very uncommon. Yeah, of course. And see, like, yeah, you, you laugh because it's like, yeah, everybody knows people don't rise from the dead. Yeah, that's the point. That is the exact point. Yep. People don't rise from the dead. So if Jesus actually did, he did something that no one else does, yes. has ever done. Yes. And that is something 
to focus on. That says, hey, look at me. Maybe I am a man of my word. Because not only did he actually rise from the dead, he said he was going to do it before he died. And see, that's a huge point. He said he was going to do it, Mm -hmm. and then he did it. So what the resurrection does for Christians is it validates the message of Jesus. Yes, it says, look, anything that he says, you can trust because he did this. Because he did something nobody Mm -hmm. else had done. So that's where you always have to question other people and say, okay, dude on the street telling me you're Jesus. Right. What have you done? I don't care what you say because anybody can say those crazy things. Of course, yes. But you have to validate your message being true by doing something. And if you're God, it should probably be something pretty extraordinary. Yeah, of course. So, So yeah, the resurrection is, again... Um, it's not the only doctrine we believe in, but it's the doctrine that validates all the other things in the New Testament. It's yeah, really important. Absolutely true. And then to kind of touch base on that, to give you guys, just compare it to other religions, right? You well, think yeah, about and this, this is how it sets us apart, right? Yeah, this exactly. This is how, why it's unique. Exactly. This is why Christianity is unique you, with the resurrection. You set it apart with other religions on what validates them, right? Um, like we talked about uh, Mormonism and Islam just a second, second ago. I just mm-hmm. did. Uh, with Joseph Smith, he was the only person to see the golden plates yep. that he used to uh, transcribe the, uh, the Book of Mormon. Yeah, I was meeting with some elders and actually a bishop last week. Oh, really? And the bishop, uh, he said, well, other people saw the gold plates. And I said, hold on. This That's is just a, the first this is a side note. No, I said, I'd love to on. hear this. Yeah. I said, I've read those reports, and those guys said they saw it with the eye of faith, which means they didn't see it physically. Yeah, that's what I, I heard. said. Right. Like, so they didn't really see it physically. Right. And he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, then I they just, didn't actually I just want to make sure they didn't actually see it. So yeah, yeah. I just, you gotta, you gotta push a little on well, that. That's, sometimes. No, no, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that's, you're absolutely right. But, but no, they didn't. You're right. They didn't see it. They only saw it with the eye of faith. Yeah. And so it, he didn't validate it by saying that this is providing evidence that yeah. this had happened. Well, even when you think about, uh, what's, what do they call it? The first vision? Is that what the, the LDS church calls it? Where Joseph Smith saw when he's Heavenly Father and, and Jesus came son. to him yeah. in the forest. Yeah. He was all by himself. Correct. He, so again, he, anytime that he did any of this, he was always by himself. Nobody it was, validated Yeah, it was it. in the forest there. He was by himself. Uh, he, and then actually, let's move on to the next example, because I think that this is very similar. Uh-huh. Uh, Muhammad, right? He was the only person to see the angel who gave him the words of the Quran. Yep. He was in a cave by himself. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, it, that's a whole nother mess, because then he talks about possibly being demon possessed too. And like all sorts of other things. We've done the podcast on that. We have. So go back and listen to that if you're interested. But, but that's the thing. It's like, he is the only one who witnessed this and he just, him and Joseph Smith have that in common. They just say, trust me, but don't give any evidence. But no validation from other eyewitnesses. No, they just say things and that's it. It's all coming just from them. So, and then, uh, so that's the thing you got to think if there is a God of the universe and he wanted to draw our attention to him, what type of thing would he need to do? And it's just like you said, Robbie, he needs to do something out of the ordinary, something that blows our minds, right? You can't just do something casual that happens every day. You have to prove that you're God by doing the impossible. Right. And that's, well, yeah, because that's, that's the definition of a miracle. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the purpose of miracles, this is really important for Christians. The purpose of miracles, because, okay, think about this. Jesus healed blind people, right? Right. He healed demon-possessed people. Uh-huh. He healed people with other sicknesses. Yep. He turned water to wine. He walked on water, right? All these things. Okay. Did he heal every sick person in Israel? No. Did he heal every demon-possessed person in Israel? No. Did he walk on all water in Israel, right? <laughs> That's impossible, so no. <laughs> yeah, no. So think about yeah. this. 
the purpose of miracles wasn't for Jesus to fix homelessness and sickness when he was here. Yeah. What were the purpose of the signs and wonders? To, to validate, validate. Yep. Yeah. To validate that. his <laughs> message. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that's what, that, that's the purpose of miracles is to draw people's attention to somebody so that we'll listen to the things they're saying well, because yeah. we can trust what they're saying because they're doing these miraculous things, which means a supernatural power or God is behind mm-hmm. it. And, and I want to speak to that too. Yeah. Something, something else to that. It's that I, I've heard atheists say this. I, I've, I've heard this claim before um, that people will just say, I don't believe that that actually happened because people don't rise from the dead or they'll say, yeah, mm. people don't, uh, but, but like don't walk on water realistically. Sure. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, the point is, is that that doesn't happen. You're right. You're absolutely right. It doesn't happen. Yeah. But it, how else would you expect God to reach out to you? Right. To, sh- to reveal himself and validate who he is. Yeah. And the only way that I could see that he could genuinely do that is to do something that is not what happens normally. Yeah. You're right. Cause like, that's the thing. Miracles are miracles because they don't happen. Well, and see, and that's where you, cause you look at like the birth of a child, you look at an apple growing on a tree, yeah. you look at wind blowing, mm-hmm. all of those things are pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and if they didn't happen all the time, we might say they're miraculous. Sure. Right? Yeah. But they're not miraculous to us because they're common and they happen all the time. Mm-hmm. So what God has to do is he has to do something out of the ordinary that doesn't always happen, that breaks the laws of nature we're used to. Yeah. And that's, that's what miracles true. are. And so when, when, when atheists will even say stuff like, well, that... Um, they assume a God, they assume supernatural doesn't exist. Therefore, miracles can't happen. That's but the exactly problem is it, when yeah. there's evidence for miracles happening, maybe we should, we should say maybe the supernatural does exist, right? You were absolutely Because it's very right. probable. I had a professor one time say, yeah. somebody was saying like, uh, a guy walking on water is, is completely improbable. Like that doesn't happen. And he said, no, listen, it's only improbable because of assuming there's no God. Because if I told you my son walked on water, you wouldn't believe it. But then if I told you I, as his dad, was holding his hands above the pool and he was walking on the water, it's very probable. Sure. If a God exists and Jesus is his son, it's not a crazy idea. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. wow, that's a good, that's a good point, you know? And again, he's not physically holding him, but if there is a God who created the universe, walking on water is not that tough. Yeah. <laughs> well, really think about it. That's, I think that that's a, that should be like an easy thing for him, right? Like that just seems so simple for, for God. Yeah, it is. But, but he's, but it's weird for us. Of course. And, and, and so that's, he's showing us who he is by doing And that's that. the point. I think that that's something that, uh, maybe even Christians, uh, have never thought through or processed that miracles are just that they're miracles because it's not in the ordinary. It's not something that happens yep. every day. And God had to do something that was out of the ordinary to draw our attention, to validate who he is and to help us be encouraged in our trust in him. Yeah. And so this is where it gets interesting. Tyler is, um, a couple of things real quick on miracles. And I know this isn't in the notes, but I think this sure. is important. Yeah. When you read the Bible, there's really three major places in the old and new Testament where miracles cluster. And I, I'm, I don't think this is a crazy idea, but correct me if I'm wrong. It seems to me like around the ministry of Moses, there are a whole bunch of crazy miracles. Plagues, 
Yeah. Right. Um, the Red Sea, water coming out of a rock and giving, you know, uh, quenching the thirst of two million people. Manna from heaven. Yeah. Right. A lot. God yeah. on the mountain talking to everybody. Ten commandments, like all that. OK. So it seems like there's tons of miraculous around Moses, which draws attention to Moses for people to listen to. This is God's word. Oh, and by the way, he writes the first five books of the Bible. Yeah. Then it seems to me that there's a cluster of miracles. Like, did Joshua do any miracles? He won battles. Correct. Well, he didn't do any miracles. They just, they happened as a result of his obedience, like, like yeah. the, the battle of Jericho and stuff. But yeah. like that was walls fall down. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't do that. No, it's, no. it's different. It's like they're kind of weaning off and then you get into the time of the judges. Right. And there's. There's some, like, uh, like there's, Samson's strong. Yeah, I was going to say, there's some stuff. Gideon wins a battle. And I don't know if there are more miracles as it's more, uh, what's the word for it? I guess like blessing in a way, but yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. God's helping his people It's a little bit thrive. more than like a common blessing at that yeah. point. Because like you said, Samson with the, like his strength yeah. and everything, like that's not common. So like, no, but it's not quite a miracle. So it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. And then you get into the Samuel books and you have... Uh, David killing a giant. Yeah, but that's not like impossible. Yeah, th- this you know is what I'm saying. It's not like it's not like he's yeah. walking on water and killing a giant. So, of course. So you yeah. just see. So there is like okay. So there's a cluster around Moses. There's a cluster of crazy miracles around Elijah and Elisha. Sure. Right? Raising yeah. people from the dead. Mm-hmm. Axe heads floating. The chariots of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Fireballs coming down from heaven and burning uh, the the sacrifice. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot of, of miraculous stuff around Elijah and Elisha. Other than prophecy, you know, what did Isaiah ever do? What did Ezekiel do? What did Jeremiah do? They, they, they didn't was, do miracles. It was all prophecy. They were that prophesying. Was what they did. Yeah. 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 And then you get into the intertestamental period. There's no miracle. Ezra and Nehemiah, like, they don't do any miracles. They go back to the land. They build a wall. Anybody can do that. They build a temple. Anybody can do that. So there's not miraculous like Moses and Elijah. And then you don't have anything really in between those guys until you get to Jesus. And then he does all this miracle stuff and his followers, the one generation right after him. And then after that, it kind of dissipates and it still has dissipated. So the purpose of miracles, I think, is for God not just to validate a person's message, but I don't think he does that very often. I think he's only done it in huge ways that we know of about three times in history of humanity. Yeah. So when people today are wanting a miracle and I'm praying for healing and I'm, God's going to let us all die. Yeah. That's the plan. Well, well, I've also seen, uh, now that you mention it, Robbie, I'm thinking too of a common theme here that's happening throughout, throughout just human existence, right? Mm-hmm. A, a mir- big miraculous event takes place. Mm-hmm. Some more miracles happen after that. And then it dissipates. There's a prophecy yeah. and then another miraculous event takes place again. Yeah. That's, that's happened several times. Like first you have creation, right? Like that's, yeah. that's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah. That's like, the biggest miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And then you got, um, prophecy, right. Mm-hmm. Where God prophesies immediately in mm-hmm. the garden of Eden, right. When, with the curses yeah, and about everything the Messiah, ha- yeah, yeah. about the Messiah, all of that happening. And then uh, some miracles are happening right along the yep. way. And then, uh, more prophecies happen and then Jesus, right. Yeah. We get to that. And he fulfills some prophecies. And then some miracles did take place even right after he died. Yeah, with his followers. Uh-huh. His immediate first yes. generation. And then more prophecy, right? We have revelation. Yep. And so, yep. and now that's leading up and prophesying saying, hey, there's another big event 
that's going to take place. Yeah, the second coming. This is how God works. It's a pattern that he has. He tells us what he's going to do before he does it. And then by doing it, he's validating that we can trust him because he said he's going to do it. Yes. Prophecy and miracles validate the message. Of course. And I think it's awesome. And now here's the thing that's crazy. Jesus said that the resurrection was the sign for a wicked and adulterous generation, right? Yeah. He said, I'm not giving any sign except for this one. And now this is what's interesting. I can't validate... That Jesus, ra- uh, that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I can't validate that Jesus sure. healed blind people. Those blind people are all dead. Yeah, yeah. Lazarus is dead again, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but we can validate that he rose from the dead. Yes. That miracle he left for us and for all generations to know that he is who he said he mm-hmm. is. And so that's why, again, the resurrection is so, so, so important. Not only is it... Um, make us unique amongst all religions because it's a public event, not a private event. Not only is it the cornerstone which everything else hinges on, but the resurrection of Jesus is the key to the afterlife. Yes. So what you do with Jesus determines where you spend eternity according to Jesus and his followers. So um, I think this statement of Jesus in John 14, 19 is fascinating because he says this the night before he's killed. Yeah. He says this to his disciples, John 14, 19, because I live, you will live also. Hmm. He's dead in less than 24 hours after saying that. What is he talking about? Because that would make me lose hope if it meant. Yeah. <laughs> you know so, oh, shoot, he's dead. Yeah, the dude's dead. He just said, if I live, if he lives, I'll live. So he didn't that, live. Because you got to think the, the contrast to that would mean <laughs> if I die, you die. You die. So I'm out of here. I'm going to die. Yeah. yeah. But that's not what he's saying. He rose from the dead. And because yeah, yeah. he lives, that's what can bring us life. First uh, Corinthians six fourteen, Paul says, "Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through His power." Yes, because Jesus rose from the dead, we also will rise from the dead. Second Corinthians four fourteen, knowing that He who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus. And will present us with you. Mm. You see, the idea is because Christ rose, you'll rise. Because he rose, you can know his promises are legit. And one of his promises to you is that you'll rise from the dead. Oh, and by the way, we saw that he has the power to do it because he himself did it. Therefore, we can trust that we will rise from the dead as Mm. well. Philippians 3, 21 through 20. For our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory Hmm. by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. You see that? He is going to change us into having a glorified body like He does. Yeah, that's based on the resurrection, right? You're going to have a body like Christ's. He's the first fruit of resurrection. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I want to point to is 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. Mm. We get changed based on how he's been changed. And when he comes back, John says we will be like him. Paul says we will be changed to conform to be like him. Jesus says because I live, you're also going to live. It's based on the resurrection of Jesus 
that is the key to the afterlife. Yeah. Do you yeah. trust that he rose from the dead and he can raise you from the dead because he died for your sins on the cross and you're hmm. forgiven? Are yeah. you trusting in that? That that is the key to the afterlife, the resurrection. Of course. And and that's and that's what we're focusing on, right? We want to talk to you guys about how it brings comfort yes. to in times when we are mourning. But but before I get into that, I just want to um, remind you guys, there is a lot on the resurrection that we've talked about on apologetics. We've done s- mm-hmm. multiple series on this. So please go back if you haven't, or if you want a refresher on it, go back and listen to those episodes because it's very encouraging. Uh, but the focus of what our message is today is to talk about how the resurrection, knowing it took place, how it can bring comfort to us in times of mourning in mm-hmm. times of suffering, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, like, First off, something that uh, my family is going through right now mm-hmm. is uh, that my uncle, uh, his name's Pat, he is currently in the hospital with COVID. Mm-hmm. And it, he's he's been in the hospital for like a month now, and it's really, it's really knocked him out. And it's been a lot on the family because we're having to deal with this, having a family member who's <clears throat> been suffering like this, right? Mm-hmm. And it could... I mean, he could pass. Like, and that's a possibility. And that's always something that could happen... Uh, to anybody, any of us. And yeah. that, so what we need to do though, is hold on in these times where suffering is taking place, like, like with my family right now with my uncle Pat, mm-hmm. and we need to <laughs> cling to Jesus because we know that there is hope in salvation. And my, yeah. my uncle is a believer yep. and we know that if something were to happen to him, he would be with Jesus because we, we know the resurrection took place. Jesus rose again. Therefore we can trust him when he says that we will be risen again with him. Mm -hmm. Now, Tyler, does that mean that this hasn't been a hard month on you guys? Of course not. This has been very terrible, very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's the thing just because like, yeah, we have this message of hope, right. And this, this message of like trust and salvation in Christ of a resurrection to look forward to. It doesn't mean that it's going to be any easier. No, it's not. I mean, it'll give us comfort. It'll sure. give you hope. It'll give you hope in the hardships. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. But the thing is, is like it's gonna suck. Uh, like you said before, the only way to prevent us from watching everyone around us either die a horrible death or of accident or just natural causes or whatever it may be is from that happening to us. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That is the reality. That's of, the plan. Mm-hmm. Well, and see, and this is the thing. And I think that a lot of Christians, maybe we, maybe we get conformed to the culture on this. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I think the plan of God is to allow all of us to die. Yeah. It seems like that's what's been happening. Yeah. For a long time. Am mm-hmm. I wrong? No, no. However, when our friends and family get sick, we pray for miracles. We pray that God would heal. And I think that that's great because we're relying on the Lord and we're casting our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Mm -hmm. We should do that. But if you have a family member in the hospital who's deathly ill and God heals them, in 40 years they're going to die. In 50 years, they're going to die, however old they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so that's that's really cool, and yet he still allows them to die. Lazarus was raised from the dead four days after yeah, he died. of course. And he died again. Yeah. The plan, I'm not trying to be morbid, but no, the but plan the, no, this, seems to be that we yeah. die. Mm-hmm. So, so when there's Christians out there who have a bad theology and they teach... Oh no, if you just follow the Lord, your life's going to be perfect and easy. Well, Jesus said the complete opposite. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Why? 
Because I've overcome the world. Yeah. Because there's a better day coming, right? Well, you see, Lazarus, yeah, he rose from the dead and he died again. He died again. But Jesus rose from the dead and he didn't die. He's still alive. His physical body. Yes. And we have hope because our bodies are going to be raised from the dead. Yes. And there is hope in the afterlife. And we have promises like to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm. And so I just, I really do want to communicate to people that just because God doesn't do a miracle for your 85-year-old sickly grandma in the hospital dying doesn't mean he's failed you. It means this is the plan. Yeah. And yeah. through suffering, our trust in God can grow. Mm-hmm. And he's doing something by allowing death. I mean, going back to the garden. We can't let them live forever because they'll just continue in this state of yeah. death. We need to die in order for our bodies to be freed from sin in order to be glorified and have Christ-like glorified heavenly bodies. It's it's a necessary thing. So um, we shouldn't, and this is hard to say, because death is a horrible intrusion on all of our lives. Yeah, of course it is. But we got to get over being shocked by it. Yeah. Not to say don't be hurt, not to say don't mourn, Mm -hmm. but we have hope. Yeah. We have hope. That this is going to uh, turn out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a huge deal. So many people think God fails them when he doesn't raise their loved ones from the dead right now. Mm -hmm. But he will raise their loved ones from the dead who have trusted in him. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important, man. And I know your Uncle Pat's been in the hospital for over a month now, and it's just been tough. Yeah, yeah. Not knowing and wanting to know and and where's he at, and he's up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then um, a few weeks ago, one of my friends from church here died. Uh, he was 45 and this guy was, he was cool, man. Like we went, uh, to the Philippines together four years ago and bunked together. Mm. And I just got to know him the two weeks we were over there and he was a legit dude, loved basketball. So we were, while the sons were good, you know, uh, through his finals run, we were texting the whole time (laughs) and, um, uh, he got pneumonia on a Tuesday and he died of COVID on a Friday. Mm. Quick. Yeah. He's got a five-year-old daughter. He's got a, 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 a fifth grade son, I think, sixth grade son, and then he's got another son in the middle. There's probably like eight. Mm, His yeah. wife, you know, she's early early forties, young. Yeah. And he's just on a family vacation one week. Come home. I'm not feeling so well. Dead. Yeah. And uh, it just wrecked the family. It's been tough on me and and other people that have been really close to him. Um, but dude, so I did this yeah. funeral on um, Saturday night. And it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. You see his kids there. You see, it's, it's awful. Yeah. However, we have hope mm. because yeah. of the resurrection of Jesus. And I was looking at my friend, you know, it was open casket. I was looking at him and I'm thinking, those bones are going to rise from the dead. That's the hope we have, man. Yeah. Like he's not there right now. Soul is with the Lord. Mm. He's, he, I, I'm jealous of him. Right. Yeah. And I'm sad for us. But I also know that I can trust that this isn't the end because we have a historical event of Jesus Christ rising from the dead and everything hinges on that, man. Mm. And that's why we can have hope through the hardship, hope in suffering, hope while we mourn. Not that we don't mourn and not that we don't walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Bible literally says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow Mm. of death, I won't fear evil because you're with me. Yeah. Not... 
I'll be delivered from all evil and my life's going to be easy. Yeah, right. That's not, that's not what Christianity teaches. So, um, you know, I, was, I, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about this last couple of weeks a lot with you going through the stuff with your uncle, with yeah, me going through yeah. stuff through my friend, and then our, our videographers going through a death in his family. Yeah, and so yeah. it just, we have to, we need to know the resurrection occurred, <laughs> right? That's where apologetics comes in. Mm-hmm. But we, ha- we trust it. Like we really trust this stuff. It it, it, it yeah. matters in life. Apologetics matter in life. Good doctrine matters in life, and that's why God wrote a book for us, and that's why He documented these events happening. Because death is going to intrude upon all of our lives, mm-hmm. and what are we placing our hope in? Good health, good times, ignoring bad things, or are we do we embrace the suffering when it comes, knowing that our mm. God's bigger? Of course, and I want to I want to read this passage that I, I think it's, it's really comforting, honestly, mm. when you think about this, uh, really what it means. This is uh, con- at the end of the chapter, towards the end of uh, 1 Corinthians 15. It's uh, ch- verses 54 through 58. It says, but when this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality, mm. when will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I love that. There's a day coming when death will die, Mm -hmm. right? Where death dies. And uh, the fear of it's gone, and the anguish that it causes mm-hmm. is gone. And based on that, he says, be steadfast, be immovable, abound in the work of the Lord, knowing yeah. that this isn't for nothing. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. Dude, such a great way to end 1 Corinthians 15. That chapter mm-hmm. is beautiful. I it's love it. It's very beautiful. It's, it's, just such a, it's just such a victory statement, you know? That's yeah. the way I like to think about it. It's just talking about, like, hey, like, like, it's crazy too, because way, way he's talking about it, he's saying like, like it's a taunt to death, is what it is. It it's is trash like, talking. Yeah, yeah, this is there's like, like you have no power, you have no sting, you have no victory. Yeah, you because, thought you won. Where are you? Yeah, you're yeah. lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the truth of it. And we will see this day where it's completely swallowed up. Yeah, in the yeah. victory of Christ. But for now, we trust and have hope. Uh, I, I love the, that passage. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's beautiful. It's yeah. brought me so much comfort. Yes. Another passage I love about this is First uh, Thessalonians 13. Uh, whoa, I forgot to put the chapter on here. I think it's 2. I think it's First Thessalonians mm, 2, okay. 13 yeah. through 14. And it says, But we don't want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, meaning dead, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who mm-hmm. have no hope. See that? Yeah. I don't want you to be uninformed about those who've fallen asleep so that you don't grieve like the other people who don't have hope. Yeah. Because if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Mm. So I love, there's so much here because it says we will mourn, but we're not going to grieve without hope. We grieve with hope. Yeah. Right. That's a huge difference. We grieve with hope. And, um, 
I've heard so many people, I've been to so many funerals of non-believers and I've talked with a lot of, you know, non-Christians and they say things like, well, I just wish, right? I, I, I wish they're in a better place. I, and, and literally it is just wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, wishing and hoping isn't the same thing. A hope expresses a desire that it's possible or likely to happen. Yeah. Uh, a wish expresses a desire that's really unlikely or impossible to happen. Yeah, that's true. Hoping and wishing. We don't wish upon a star. We don't wish the Bible was true. No. We have hope that's firmly fixed on a real possibility because of the evidence we have for it. Mm-hmm. And that's the hope that the resurrection brings. It's, it's yeah. awesome, right? So we don't grieve like people without hope. We definitely mm. grieve but not like those who don't have hope because we do have hope. You're absolutely right. And then uh, something else that that comes to, this is something that's personal for me that I've pondered on a lot. And um, there's a um, a Christian rapper, Annie Mineo, you know who that Mm -hmm. is. Uh, There's a a line, a verse that he has in one of his uh, songs. um, I believe the song is called Death Has Died is the Mm -hmm. name of it. Um, Yeah, but what, uh, one of the, end verses of that he talked he just talks about how god's just he completely obliterated death like it's mm. there's no power over it and but one of the cool lines in one of the verses that he has is he says um death will be dead and he locked the casket meaning like it is <clears throat> it's it's it death died yeah and god closed the casket and he locked it and threw away the key. Like he, mm. like it's dead and it's staying dead. That's yeah. the only permanent death is death, right? Death That's what he was death. saying essentially. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that really resonated with me. That's um, cool. and it's, it just, and it's so true because that's the thing. And that's, that's what we have hope in. That's exactly what the end chapter, um, uh, the end verses of first Corinthians 15 was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That whole idea, right? Uh, there is victory. We don't have to be living in sorrow because we nope. know that death has died and has. that is, yeah. And, and that we, is, and we know what's coming. And, mm-hmm. and again, this doesn't mean our emotions aren't taking yes. a shot and we're not exhausted and we're not crying and we're, we grieve. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like even with Jesus and Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he knows he's going to raise him from the dead and yet he still cried. Of course. Yeah. And other people were mourning because this separation that happens at death is a horrific thing because it breaks relationship. Yeah. It ends, it abruptly ends a relationship you have with another person. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so horrific. And you can't say anything to them anymore. And you can't talk to them anymore. You can't hang out with them and plan with them. And their future has changed based Mm -hmm. upon the death of a friend or a loved one. Yes. But there is a resurrection of those people. And we will be reunited and life will begin again. That is the hope. So even through the suffering, the sorrow, the sadness, we have light at the end of the tunnel. We have hope in the future. And so um, you don't have to just smile and pretend like everything's fine. Mm. Um, but you also don't need to just wallow in self-pity because we have hope, mm. right? Yeah. So we mourn and we grieve, but we still have the hope based on the resurrection of Jesus that will be raised from the dead as well. These bones mm. that I have, yeah. the bones of my friend who is in his casket, they will come out of the grave. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? It's really cool. It will happen. And we've already seen it happen to Jesus. Therefore, we trust that he can do it for us. Yeah. 
Yeah. Amen to that. And so uh, thank you guys for joining us today on this episode of Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Uh, we hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Uh, if you're going through something, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's death or sickness or something going on in your family, uh, um, that that is very difficult. Uh, obviously, we just shared, too, we're going through that in our own lives right now. And so if you need prayer or anything or support, please uh, feel free to reach out to us because uh, we, we love to support and be there for those uh who are mourning, who are mm-hmm. going through this. So, um, please, uh, don't hesitate to send us a message. If you, uh, uh, need prayer, we are here for that. Um, and then on top of that, uh, if you have any questions about any of the content we discussed today, uh, or if you, uh, have just anything more that you, uh, would like to know, uh, about death and about life and about the hope that we have in Jesus, again, f- please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to answer any questions you may have on that. Uh, But again, I hope that this has been comforting for you, uh, whether or not you're going through something right now, because one day all of us will go through this, right? Uh, It's going back to what we said. The only thing to prevent you from experiencing death is by, I mean, from seeing everyone around you die is from you dying yourself. And it is something everyone has to go through at some point. And it's something we will go through. So we need to know this. Uh, We need to have this hope stored in us. And take confidence in Jesus and who he claimed to be and the actions of the resurrection that followed up with that to give us the confidence that we too will rise again and be with him one day. Uh, Thank you guys again so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee, and we will be back next week with another episode. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our stoneware, Christ Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee.